Welcome to another episode of What Makes an S. My name's Hannah and I'm a nurse. In each episode of this podcast, I interview a different nurse from a different speciality. I ask them questions about why they wanted to be nurses, their hopes and aspirations for the future, some of the different job roles they've had within the nursing profession, all with the goal of trying to find out what makes a nurse. I'm really excited to welcome you to this brand new series. If you haven't listened to us before, welcome. You can also listen to all our previous episodes on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. I really do love hearing your feedback, so be sure to follow me on Instagram and on Twitter. All the information is in the podcast description. And if you really enjoy the podcast, please be sure to leave us a five-star review on whichever platform you're listening to this on, as that means more people can find us and listen to us too. Now all the formalities are out of the way, I'm really excited to introduce you to this week's guest. This week, I'm speaking to Samaya. Samaya is a general practice nurse from Sussex. She graduated in 2018 with a degree in adult nursing and started working in general practice as a newly qualified nurse and has been there ever since. She's a Copperfield ambassador, aka a boobet, so she strives to advocate for breast awareness. She also aspires to become a general practice nurse manager slash partner and hopes to continue to raise the voices of nurses everywhere. So without further ado, here is Samaya. So my first question is, why did you want to be a nurse? I was always interested in healthcare. Like I studied healthcare at A-level, biology and chemistry. I did initially apply to do nursing straight from sixth form. However, I didn't have a great interview experience, which kind of put me off university and nursing. So that's put me off. So I worked in retail, but I still enjoyed helping people. I think that's always been like one of my core passions. I know it's a whole different scope of working, but I just enjoyed being like a personal shopper um, and a first aider, still not quite on the same level of skill, but and then I, I realised that I enjoyed that part more of my job rather than working in retail. So then that's when I decided on the deadline of UCAS <laughs> to apply for nursing. Again. I know. <laughs> I kept it very last minute. I was, I was honestly working in a whiskey store. But yeah, it's helping people and working in healthcare has always been a passion of mine. And um that's why, yeah, that's why I chose to be a nurse. And I didn't really know much about the role of a nurse. Like, my knowledge was from Holby City Casualty. I'm very lucky to be, like, a healthy person and minimal um, contact with, you know, with the healthcare system. Um, and I, I don't actually have anyone in my family that's a nurse. Like, we have a few doctors. But I was just like, this looks really interesting. I'm just going to give yeah. it a go. Um, so, Yeah. Yeah, it's great to hear that. I mean, it's not great to hear that you had a terrible experience, <laughs> but um, it's it's refreshing and it's good that you've been honest about that because I think a lot of people do have those experiences but don't talk about them. And the fact that it put you off initially, but nursing was clearly something that you were passionate about yeah. and that you eventually came back around to it. It's just really lovely to hear. Yeah, no, definitely. I know. I I honestly thought I was never going to go back to university mm. after that experience. 
And then my mum was like, no, 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 you're still young, go for it. Although I say I'm young, when I applied, I was 21 and I was put down as a mature student. And I was like, no, <laughs> I'm not mature. <laughs> so could you talk to me a bit about your current job role and what you do at the moment? Yeah, so I'm a general practice nurse. So I work within the primary care sector um, in general practice. Yeah, and what drew you to GP nursing? Like I said, my my view of nursing was very, very vague, but I always loved the idea of having my own clinic and being able to help patients manage their healthcare conditions to prevent them to be admitted into hospital. Although secondary care is amazing, hospitals are great in what they do, but it will be so great to keep the population healthy enough to like minimise those visits. Yeah. Um, so it was the autonomy it was the idea of having my own clinical room and my name on the door I'm not gonna lie <laughs> I did quite like having my name on the door <laughs> so you like that autonomous part of nursing and I think I think that's what a lot of nurses do like in many of the different sectors and I think a lot of people don't realize nurses are running clinics and are leading patient care and people think it's only doctors that do that but it's actually nurses I know and even for myself when I came into the role as a newly qualified nurse I didn't fully understand the role of a practice nurse and here I am today and I, I it honestly shocks me because I remember when I said to my mentor my sign-off mentor that oh I'm actually getting into general practice and they're like oh no that's where nurses go to retire like you're going to be really bored you're going to de-skill and it's honestly far from that it's so intense it's quite stressful but it's so enjoyable at the same time yeah I hate that where people say you'll de-skill if you go into a certain job role it infuriates me so much because I'm like no you won't de-skill you'll gain new skills in something else yeah you said you went straight into it um, from being a newly qualified nurse what what was that like for you you know how did you find the experience was it overwhelming or did you just go yeah this is exactly where I'm meant to be I was really excited, but it was actually quite difficult. Um, It took around just over 40 applications um, to get one interview as a newly qualified nurse to come into general practice. Even then, I actually didn't get the job. Um, It's just that the nurse that they offered it to turned it down, and I was the second option. So even though I don't even know where I'd be, but starting my career in general practice, I was very well supported I started in a very big, like big practice with a team of like nine practice nurses, and I feel like with their support, I'm like I am the nurse that I am today because yeah. I had that continued support throughout. They enrolled me on a preceptorship, like they they were able to guide me as a newly qualified nurse, even though I was the first newly qualified nurse they've ever employed. I just thought the transition was amazing, and I often speak to student nurses, and I do advise for them to follow that route through because it can seem quite overwhelming however if you do the year preceptorship it's just a great slow gradual introduction to practice nurse and general practice the only downside was I was so ready as a third year student to just get going Um, however in general practice I felt like I was a student all over again because all the skills that I'd learned during my degree were solely based on ward-based nursing Mm -hmm. and I came to primary care and I was like oh so that's how you do that (laughs) So, well, if yeah. it makes you feel any better when you're newly qualified in a hospital, you still feel like a student again. <laughs> Even just changing jobs, you feel like a student again. I went from adults to peds, felt like a student again. It was just... <laughs> yeah, that's another thing that I found quite different because I qualified as an adult nurse 
and suddenly I'm vaccinating infants yeah and then I'm also caring for the elderly and I was like oh okay <laughs> the whole lifespan <laughs> is the whole lifespan which is great it's great I've honestly learned a lot and I've held my first baby because I'm the youngest in my family I, I've, I've never held a baby before so I was like oh, oh yeah. this is great I've held a baby now yeah no it's great so it's difficult to, to do a nursing podcast and not mention the last two years and the pandemic. How have you found working through the pandemic and what challenges have you faced and still face today? So I personally really struggled when the pandemic came out, when it was really, you know, it was so new to everybody. I felt in general practice, we were not, we barely had any support, um, especially as general practice nurses. Um, the guidance we were working off were from RCGP, but of course that was mainly focused on for the GPs. So as a team, we collectively, we just put our thoughts together because I think it's quite hard for us to decide on what we should stop and what we shouldn't. So we made the decision to not stop anything at all. Um, so we just kept going as usual um, throughout the pandemic and we kept an open door policy because we felt we had a duty of care to all patients however I know this wasn't because I know some GPs still have their doors closed but I do understand the reason for that sort of imbalance across the board is because there was barely any guidance for us which was quite hard and then on top of that with us having our doors open you would then continuously see on the news that you know general practice have neglected their patients general practice have done this and that and in fact we took on more by you know hosting the uh, covid vaccination program which was even on top like i was honestly working from about eight o'clock in the morning till 10 o'clock at night but you know people were not aware of that they just had this perception due to poor social media coverage that we were not doing our jobs and unfortunately it still happens to today so it is it's, it's still really hard i feel the reception staff have honestly had it really badly the amount of abuse that they get on the phone um, and they're trying to do their absolute best, trying to accommodate all, all needs and requests with the resources that they have. And, you know, we can only do what we can do with the resources that we that are available. I, I have the feeling that we're back to normal in regards to healthcare, but with the comments and the poor social media or even media coverage needs to be improved. No, and it's just, you know, you're putting so much work in and you're working so hard, giving so much of your time and yourself for then them to come back round and tell you you're not doing that, it's it, it's just I, it I is just, really uh, <laughs> I know there were there were days where I was just like I cannot do this anymore. Like I have an absolute passion for my job, but the amount of abuse and just the comments that we were getting um, was just so disheartening that you just didn't want to come in because it felt the work you were doing was just not being recognised or appreciated. I think that's an issue for nursing across the board isn't it that we do give so much of ourselves and sometimes when you're working so hard and there's no there's just this conception that because we do a caring role we shouldn't get any recognition for it but you do need that to keep morale up and to keep wanting to go to work so when it disappears because at the beginning of the pandemic I very much felt the public were behind us and I felt this motivation but as it went on and that diminished, my morale was just going more and more down. And that, I feel, probably contributed to it. I completely agree. And even like during the pan, like the peak of the pandemic, like my, my mental health struggled in ways I never thought it would. 
Um, like I'm a, such a very like happy-go-lucky mm. person, but I was on a continuous roller coaster with my emotions, with my mental health, and it it truly is what you've said. Like we do so much work, and I think we're just expected to do that work. And despite how high the workload gets, we're just expected to carry on. Yeah, well, thank you so much for all your hard work during the pandemic. Oh, if no one's <laughs> if no one said that already, thank you so much. Um, yeah and thank you for what you continue to do still as well so moving on a bit more lighter <laughs> lighter yeah. topics now you've recently written well I say recently was it a couple of years ago now you wrote a paper on the role of sleep in patient recovery can you talk to me a bit about that as part of my dissertation I I really wanted to do something research-based and I knew I was going to struggle because in our degree, when I studied between 2015-2018, there wasn't that much exposure to research audit taking. Mm. But me being me, (laughs) I decided to go with it. Um, So I pitched the idea to my dissertation supervisor and he absolutely loved it, which then gave me that passion to be like, okay, I've got really great support here. So whilst I was on my trauma orthopedic placement, I noticed how sleep did affect how patients were performing in their recovery. And most of their recovery is physiotherapy. Um, and that, that's when I was like, hmm, I feel like there's a gap here. I feel like there's a gap in research. There's a gap in um, healthcare that I, I was really interested in. So that's how I like, created my own audit tool. I carried out a pilot study um, and then I carried out the study at the trust that I was in. And then it did, it did find that poor quality of sleep did affect patient recovery to the extent that their discharge date could have been pushed back. The outcome of that was I created sleep hacks, which was like eye masks, earbuds and headphones. Yeah, just in, in aid to help promote better quality sleep. But I wouldn't have been able to do it without my dissertation supervisor. Like He's just super outstanding. Yeah, it's incredible that you had such amazing support, um, especially in an area that wasn't necessarily taught to you at university. But they were like, yeah, no, let's let's do it. How did you find sort of developing your own study? Because when you think... The thought of that to me sounds exceptionally daunting and what comes to my mind is like oh that's what research nurses do but you've clearly shown even as a student nurse and definitely as qualified nurses we could be doing these things just in our own trust it doesn't have to be like this wide-scale ridiculous thing you can just make a small impact in a small place it took a lot of like, you know, literature reviews of, okay, has this been done before, before I reinvent a wheel that already exists? So I managed to adapt um, a couple of questionnaires, which I found. But luckily, I had the support of my sister, who her background is research. So I also had her alongside that. And she was just like, no, nope. <laughs> yep, no. <nope." laughs> and I was like, yeah, this is great. And it does sound, it does, it sounds bonkers, even when I say it back, because I wasn't very academically smart or strong. I wasn't very fond of the academic part of the degree I loved the placements but I just wasn't so yeah how did I start that I'm not really sure a big notebook full of loads of ideas and just plodding along with the great support of my dissertation supervisor and my sister but it's definitely it's possible and I'm honestly one of those people that say if I can do it anyone can do it and the fact that also that study has now influence practice that you can actually see is even it must feel so rewarding 
I find it amazing. Like I can Google my name and my study yeah. comes up. And that's the biggest achievement I think I've ever, ever done or will ever do. The nearest thing I've ever done was when I studied fashion and my piece was in like the Saatchi gallery and I could Google my name and it came oh up. Oh my God. Jack of all traits here. <laughs> yeah. and then, but this just means so much more to me because like, even just carrying on my family name, because we're like the last generation holding this surname. I just feel so proud. Like, and I also feel like I've upheld that name for my grandfather as well. So yeah. I just feel proud in that sense as I'm holding up the Galam surname. And hopefully I intend to do more research now. Like it's, it's triggered off that passion in me. And I'm like, yeah. okay, this actually worked. I didn't fail. And I can't believe it's like actually published. Yeah. So how did you go about getting it published? I, it's really funny I received the email you know without dissertation like grade I was mm. on placement and all I saw was I got a first and getting a first for me was not normal so I was jumping around screaming like oh my gosh this is amazing and then I scrolled down and it was a comment from an editor for for the journal was um saying you know your the the marker forwarded it on to her because her interest was in sleep and she would like to publish it. And I was like, me? So yeah, I was approached by the editor of the, of the International Journal of Emergency Nursing. We worked really closely together um, to publish it. It yeah, was so should... cool. Like I, I had like an editor like working with <laughs> me to edit my, my work. And I was like, okay, this is not normal. This, like I'm just a normal girl from West Sussex. This isn't like, I'm not like this hot shop that would just come along and be like, yeah, I publish stuff. Yeah, you should be proud. It is incredible. Do you have any tips for nurses that want to get into academic research and writing? I think def- if it's at dissertation time, definitely speak to your supervisor. They are so great. Like, And their links that they have are amazing too. And if you have a passion and you notice a gap, in research or even a gap within healthcare run with it there's no stopping us honestly and it's so easy to reach out to journals and publishers and just speak to any academic peer that you might know and they can guide you through it but also you can contact me (laughs) (laughs) it's uh, yeah it's incredible and it just shows you the power we can have as nurses that we can influence healthcare and make changes even if they are small and change lives literally literally I I know and that's another thing that I learned during my degree um, about nurses is that it opens so many doors so so many doors you are a copperfield boobette can you explain to me what this is and why you're so passionate about this charity in particular so I I came across Copperfield on a celebrity's um, Instagram page and I was like wow this is nice and colourful I really like it and then I read the ethos behind the charity and they solely just uh, that their focus is educating people on chest breast awareness and I was like this is great I'm all for it because I come from a South Asian background um, and I'm also Muslim and like talking about body awareness is not that common it's quite a taboo subject And I've always been so passionate about awareness, especially breast cancer awareness, as like my mother's side of the family, quite a few of the sisters have been diagnosed with breast cancer. And I was like, okay, this is something close to my heart. But also as a nurse, I feel like it's a great position to be in, um, to be Copperfield ambassador, to talk about breast awareness and solely just about education. 
that's my key thing. So I know lots of charities base themselves on like research, um, but let's get the public aware of their own bodies. So my role, I, I tie in with my consultations. If you came to my room, it's full of boobs or fruit <laughs> that looks like boobs. Um, and I do get the odd comments. They're like, why are there boobs on your monitor? And I was like, well, great question. Well, I can tell you exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Just a great conversation starter, especially for like cervical screening appointments. I just, you know, catch the people that come in and say, hey, whilst you're here, like I'll hold stools in like stores um, or at events like um, Pride and we'll just literally be there wearing a giant boob talking about breast awareness. You'll often see me down Brighton with a giant boob on my back chanting about breast awareness. <laughs> you know, we need it so much and especially, you know, in young people as well. I feel like it's people don't talk about it. And, you know, the charity founder, she was, oh, how old was she? She was only like 23 or something when she uh so it shows that you need to do it all the time. And men as well, you need to be checking your they're not boobs, but they're breast tissue so you're at risk as well so if you're listening at the moment check your boobs this second (laughs) yeah right now (laughs) right now check your boobs yeah if you need a helping hand hop over to Copperfield they have a self-checkout tool which actually guides you through you can choose the language because I know sometimes the language used isn't quite comfortable for everyone and you can sign up to free monthly text reminders I know thank you again for raising awareness about it so thinking of the future if you are the sort of person that does think forward what are your plans I aim to become a practice nurse manager or practice nurse partner we currently like the practice that I currently work in my uh, practice nurse manager which I never but I never knew this role existed she's a partner in the business and I always thought partners were only doctors and I was like haha this is great because I really enjoyed like when I worked in retail I was um training up to be like a leader like a team leader and I've always enjoyed the leadership role and I was like this is great nursing leadership they go together um and yeah that's that's my plan that's my aim and also just to build the voice of nurses nurses in general and practice nurses because I do still feel we don't quite have the voice that we deserve and I have found that working in this practice where they do have a practice nurse manager, the patient care and the way that we coordinate patient care is really great because you have that nurse voice to say, OK, this is what nurses bring. This is what we could do. This is how we could help improve the patient care that we provide. So I have found that's been really great. Yeah, amazing. So I have my final question. Drum roll. <laughs> what makes a nurse? Oh, I'm not gonna. I saw this question. I was like, hmm, what do I think? And the first thing that jumps in my mind is empathy and resilience. I think if empathy is within you, within yourself, within your passion of just having great empathy for people and caring for people, that is what makes a great nurse. Um, but also having resilience because we are often faced with scenarios and moments where we do have to think quick on our feet and the way we just we're able to manage ourselves in that moment but also then we have to quickly move on to the next moment and it's just outstanding especially when I was a student just watching the nurses work on the wards going from like a medical emergency to then providing like 
the like the drug rounds, like switching from one yeah. extreme to another. So yeah, that's um that's my that's what I think makes a nurse. Amazing. Funnily enough, that was my answer as well. I said resilient. <laughs> Yeah. Everyone has their own perception. That's absolutely fine mm. about what makes a mess. Um, because some will go down the route of well, clinical, it's really great, like having that sort of autonomy. But then I I think it's about personal skills, communication, mm. um, teamwork, team building. And it's not only being there for patients, but it's also being there for your colleagues. Mm-hmm. Um, and just having that open heart to all um I thought if you're if kindness is just within you then you'll always always be a great nurse yeah oh, that's perfect thank you so much Samia so so much um oh, I hope you enjoyed it <laughs> I really have it's yeah actually has been fun I'm so glad you had fun, Samea, because I had such a great time chatting to you as well. And I hope you all had fun listening to it too. You can find Samea on Instagram. I will leave all the information in the podcast description. You can obviously also find me on Twitter and Instagram. Again, I will leave the information in the podcast description. There you can also find information on Copperfield and how to become a boobet yourself. Again, I'm going to remind you to subscribe to this podcast on whatever platform you're listening to this on. And also, I'd be super grateful if you could leave us a five-star review as that allows more people to find us and listen to us as well. I hope you can join me again next week where I'll have another guest, another nurse from another speciality where we talk about all things nursing. So I will speak to you all then. Goodbye. This podcast was written and created by me. All views expressed by myself are my own. All views expressed by my guests are their own.